Welcome to this abbreviated worship service provided by St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A in Kankakee. I'm Pastor Mike Hanel, and I'll be leading today's service. Today you'll be hearing readings from God's Word, a sermon, the Lord's Prayer, and receive a benediction. But before that, a few quick announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. Beginning October 11th, St. Paul's is beginning a small group series of 40 days of prayer. And even if you're not a member of St. Paul's, you're invited to join us. We have sign-up information on our Facebook page by searching for St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, or you can call the church office for more information. We'd love to have you join us. Beginning Sunday, September 13th, we are beginning our Sunday school from 9.45 to 10.15 a.m. at our school site in Bourbon A. Families with children are invited to join us as we learn together about Jesus. You are also welcome to join us for our regular in-person worship schedule with social distancing practices in place, meeting at our downtown Kankakee location on Saturday at 5 p.m., and at our Bourbon A site on Sunday at 8.30 and 11.05 a.m. Today's service is a rebroadcast of last weekend's in-person service. If you want to listen or watch any of our services, you can visit our webpage, stpaulslutheran.net, and click Worship on the menu. And keep up with us on our Facebook page for more information or any changes that become necessary. We pray that you are blessed by the Lord's words this day. Our Old Testament reading today is from Ezekiel 33, chapters 7 through 9. Here God tells the prophet Ezekiel that his role as a prophet, among other things, is to be a watchman for all of Israel and to warn them against wickedness. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade him from his sins, that wicked man will die for his sin, and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man to turn from his ways, and he does not do so, he will die for his sin, but you will have saved yourself. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel now, according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading today is a rather extended one. And here we see Jesus himself is fulfilling that role as watchman for all of Israel, as he warns not only his disciples, but also us from any number of different paths of sin. Instead, he invites us to that path of obedience, which truly is the path of life. See, as we talked about last week, we often follow the ways of our mind, the ways of the world. But Jesus here calls us to the things of God, and in them we will have life, forgiveness, and reconciliation. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this in my name welcomes me. 
But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to sin. Such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault, just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts and the actions of our lives be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If you're anything like me, this has happened to you maybe once, maybe twice, maybe a lot of times. That you've been driving in your car, just minding your own business, when all of a sudden, out of the corner of your eye, you see one of those lights on your dashboard flash, and you start to panic. You start to wonder, do I need to pull over? Is the car going to explode? Is it going to catch on fire? What is going on? And so, Eventually, you have that opportunity to take your car into the mechanic for them to diagnose why that light went off. And they tell you, oh, don't worry about it. That, that light goes off all the time, or it went off for this reason, but that's not a big deal. But if it goes off again, you wonder, is it a big deal? Or should I just keep ignoring that light? And you're put in quite a predicament because there, as you are driving, you have that light warning you that something is wrong. But your mechanic just told you, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. But that was that time. What about this time? Is it the same problem or is it something catastrophic? And, and will my car start on fire or explode? Unless you are extremely knowledgeable about cars or unless you have your own instruments in order to, di to diagnose why that light went off, 
you never really know. But if this has ever happened to you, and if it's happened to you repeatedly, I think what you find happens is that you do eventually learn to ignore that light of warning. It's no big deal anymore, you think. And while there is freedom in that, because you're no longer stressing out, there's also that danger lurking, isn't there? Because what if that one time happens where that light goes off, not for the same old reason that it's always gone off, which is not a big deal, but for some great catastrophe? Then what? Then you'll be out of luck. See, I think that is true, not just about us in our cars, but it's true about a lot of different things in our life. You see, the world gives us a lot of advice. There are a lot of warnings out there telling us not to do this because something bad could happen. You you shouldn't eat that food because it's not good for you. It could give you high cholesterol or heart disease. You shouldn't drive that kind of car because it gives off a lot of the bad emissions that will eventually destroy our, our ecosystem. It will cause global warming. You, you shouldn't vote for this person because this person will only bring about the end of the world. Everything is always put in these very grandiose terms that no matter what you do, You are breaking some rule, and it is going to lead to death and destruction. The problem is that, one, none of us can ever follow all of these warnings perfectly, right? But the other is that we break those rules all of the time, and we don't face any dire consequences. So we learn to ignore those rules. Well, what happens when we need to listen to them? Just last month, we had that big windstorm come through, the derecho winds, and it blew through Illinois. It blew through Iowa, and it caused a lot of destruction in its path. Maybe you were one of the homes that lost electricity for multiple days because of all of the damage caused by that wind. Well, the thing is, that the meteorologists were warning well ahead of time that that windstorm was coming, that you needed to seek shelter, that you needed to be ready because this was going to be quite a storm. Some of us listened, some of us didn't. And for some of us, it didn't matter whether we listened or not. You couldn't protect yourself from all of the destruction that was to come. See, these warnings are all around us. Sometimes they're serious, sometimes they're not. Sometimes we listen to them, sometimes we don't. And it leaves us all sorts of confused. Because our Old Testament reading today talked about the prophet Ezekiel, and God told him that he was a watchman for all of Israel, and that he was to warn them. To warn them not against the wrong kinds of food, or the vehicles that they drive, to warn them against wickedness, to warn them against sin and iniquity, to warn them against their lives of disobedience, that God had told these people how to live. He had given them his Ten Commandments, but these people, they were not following God's ways. They had turned aside from their faith in God, and they were worshiping other gods, 
And God warned the people. He sent prophets to warn them, if you don't repent of your sin, if you don't turn back, you will be destroyed. And Ezekiel was one of those prophets. He had this job to warn the people. He was that watchman to warn them of their impending destruction. And God didn't guarantee that the people would listen to him, but God did guarantee that if Ezekiel didn't do his job to warn the people that he would be accountable, that even though he did not sin like the rest of the people, that if he did not warn them, that it would be as if he himself were complicit in their own sin and wickedness. See, God had that job of the watchman, that job to warn his people. Why? Because he wanted them to turn from their sin so that they would live. See, the problem with all of the warnings in our world today is, as we've experienced, some of them are about big problems, some of them are not. Some of them are about real things that will happen, and some of the consequences that we hear about are simply things that, well, this could happen if this and this and this are also true. See, sometimes we are warned so much about so many different things that we forget about why warnings should be there in the first place. Warnings are there to tell us about the severity of a problem that this is a grave danger. Now, we know then that as we listen to all of the warnings around us, we can't give them all equal weight. When a light shines in my car flashing, telling me there is a problem, I might not give that the same kind of importance as if my own body gave me a warning signal that there was a lot of pain happening from my chest, that I was feeling a lot of pressure and there was this pain shooting down my arm. I would probably listen to that warning a lot closer and do something about it. Well, when Hurricane Laura was coming to make landfall in near Louisiana's coast, all of the meteorologists were warning to take this storm seriously, to consider all of the warnings to get out of town as quickly as possible. Some even said that the storm surge would be so severe that it would even reach 30 miles inland. See, the meteorologists were trying to make the point that this was no minor storm. This was a big deal, and people needed to take action. Well, when our God warns us about wickedness, about iniquity, about sin, he wants us to hear his voice in the right kind of way. Now, unfortunately, People have become way too used to sin in our world. They see sin all around them, and they see it's no big deal. People who live lives of sin, nothing bad seems to happen to them. In fact, some of them do quite well. They live very successful lives. They live full lives. They live happy lives. So when God warns me against sin, well... Yeah, maybe I'll listen to that. Maybe I won't. 
Well, if you're one of those people that don't take God's word very seriously, maybe you didn't hear what Jesus said in the gospel reading today. For Jesus himself took on that role as the watchman when he warned the disciples and warned us that it was better to lose a hand or an eye and enter into life than for your whole soul to enter into hell. See, Jesus talks about sin in such terms that we cannot ignore him. Did Jesus think sin was a problem? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, he said it was better to lose part of your body and to be free of sin than for your entire body to be destroyed. In the same way, when Jesus was talking about our interactions with other people, he said it was better for us to tie a millstone around our neck and to be thrown into the sea and drowned than to lead a little one into sin. In other words, Jesus is taking sin seriously. And he wants you and me to take sin seriously as well. So when we hear these warnings that God gives us to turn from our sin, we shouldn't just shrug our shoulders and think that this is no big deal. Rather, we need to understand that there are consequences to sin, eternal consequences, and they ultimately lead to judgment, eternal damnation, and hell. The problem is, we don't always like those warnings. We want to believe that those things are not true, that God is a God of love and he would never let those things happen. But you can't erase Jesus's words, can you? You can't just forget that Jesus said those things. Jesus wants you to know that sin is a really big deal and he wants you to turn from it. That's the role that God gave Ezekiel. That's the role that he gives me as a pastor as well. That as you hear God's word, as you hear how he wants you to live, you need to know that these are not just suggestions. He wants you to hear these words so that you might live. Because if you don't listen to them, he's pretty much guaranteed there is no life. There is only death. See, the way that Jesus even said it points us that way, right? He says, it's better for you to enter life with one hand or with one eye than to perish. Jesus talks about obedience, talks about that life of fleeing from sin as life itself, because that's what it's all about. See, some people think that God gives us all of these rules because he's like the fun police, because God doesn't want us to really enjoy life. Some people think of God merely as that rule giver. But is that truly what God is about? No. God is not simply a rule giver. God is a life giver. And God ultimately wants us to live. He ultimately wants us to have that life, that everlasting life that he gives to us. 
And so he makes that possible by opening our eyes to the severity of sin. See, while we might think that sin is no big deal, Jesus showed us that sin was a big deal. He showed us it was a big deal because he came to save us. Jesus saves us from sin because we are already stuck in it and we cannot save ourselves. Jesus tells that little parable about the sheep and how the father would save that one. He would leave the 99 to save the one because he loves that sheep and he wants that sheep to live See, God doesn't want anyone to perish. And so the warnings that God gives us, the rules that God gives to us, these are not simply so that we would be people who would be obedient and comply with God's every whim and desire. Instead, it is because God wants to direct us to the way of life. Way back in the Garden of Adam, in, uh, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were there walking with the Lord. And there in the middle of the garden, Adam and Eve also knew that there was this plant. Ooh, it was a good plant. It was a plant called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the fruit that grew from this plant, ooh, it was a good fruit. It was a good fruit. It looked good. They could imagine it tasting good. And they thought about what it might give them. And they thought this was all wonderful. They knew God's warning. They knew that God told them not to eat from that plant. But they ignored that warning. They, they didn't think the severity of that warning would really mean anything to them. On the day that you should eat it, you will surely die... No, God, God wouldn't do that. God wouldn't do that. God wanted to keep Adam and Eve from death. But Adam and Eve were led astray by their own selfish desires. And death came to them. Death came to them and it comes to all of us. But God does not want death. He didn't want death for Adam and Eve. He does not want death for you. And so Jesus comes to bring life. Jesus comes to die on a tree, which is transformed from a cross to a tree of life. That forgiveness and life comes to you and me. There at that tree of life, there at the cross, we see the severity of our sin. It was so severe that it cost God his only son. But there at that cross, we also see life. And by faith in Jesus, we receive that forgiveness and life that God gives to us. But you don't understand that. You don't get that if you don't hear God's warnings against sin. If you think sin is not a big deal, if it's just something that we can live with, you don't understand the gift that Jesus gives us. You don't know what he is offering us. But that's why God has given us watchmen. Watchmen to warn us from sin, but also watchmen to tell us of God's gifts. 
Because when sin is a part of our life, as it is a part of ours now, sometimes we just get comfortable with it. We get used to all of the noise. We get used to all of the warnings. We think this is simply our lot in life. But there is more to a watchman's job than simply calling out the warnings. A watchman back in the days of Ezekiel would stand at the city gate, and when an enemy army was coming, that watchman certainly would give out the warning call to make sure that all of the defenses were up. But a watchman could also see his own army returning from battle, coming back in victory. And that watchman would tell all of the people to get out of your homes, to get ready to celebrate with joy, for we have been victorious. We are safe. Our conquerors have returned. Well, as a pastor, I not only have that role to warn you against sin and wickedness, but also to share with you the gifts of forgiveness and life to celebrate with you in joy of those wonderful gifts that God has given us through Jesus, his son. And that role as a watchman, it it, it entails both of those things, doesn't it? Because God is not just a rule giver, he is a life giver. He gives us the gift of forgiveness and reconciliation. But you know what? That's not just a job that he has given to Ezekiel. It's not just a job he has given to me. It is a job he gives to you, to all of God's people. You too have that job as a watchman. To warn the people around you from sin and wickedness. To tell them that sin is very real and it it will lead to destruction. It will lead to death, not just physical death, but eternal death. That God's warning is unlike all of the other warnings out there. But also, to not simply warn them from from destruction, but to invite them to reconciliation, to forgiveness, to life. To that life that we have because of Jesus' own death, because of Jesus' resurrection. And when the world hears us, when it hears us as watch men and watch women, not only warning them from destruction, but also inviting them to joy and celebration, then we too get to celebrate with them. We too get to be like the father whose joy at seeing that one sheep reunited with the 99 is so overwhelming that even the angels celebrate. We are ambassadors, ambassadors of God to bring that word of warning, but also to bring a word of hope so that our world does not close its ears to the warnings of God, but opens them so that it will take them seriously, so that it will hear what Jesus has done, and so that they too will live in joy, everlasting in Jesus. Amen.
And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and risen Savior. Amen. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. You can continue to hear our online worship services on our website. Just go to stpaulslutheran.net and click worship on the menu. God's blessings to you this day.